in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, joined by my co-host and maid man, Chris Tour. This edition of Potential Picks, we are reviewing the American crime drama film, The Many Saints of Newark, also subtitled A Soprano Story, directed by Alan Taylor and written by David Chase and Lawrence Connor. This is a prequel to Chase's HBO crime drama series, the infamous The Sopranos, taking place during the 1960s and 70s in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, This is in theaters now, as well as HBO Max. Now, we're reviewing this right on the onset of our Sopranos episode this week, and uh, I know I was very excited about this film way before even Chris knew it was a thing, because Chris, as we talked about, had just completed his saga of The Sopranos. Now, uh, I'm going to, you know, right here, Chris, for you being a fresh fan and seeing everything there, you know, going into this film, you know, pretty exciting stuff. What were your expectations going into this? Well, you know, as we talked about on the episode, we were in this day and age now where we love watching things that dissect the villain or uh, a villainous type, you know, archetype. How did this person become this way? What led them to be this way? And this prequel movie was advertised as who made Tony Soprano, you know, who was the guy that made Tony Soprano and clearly in the Sopranos, you know, you deal a lot with the fact that Christopher, his nephew does not have his father around because his father was shot when he's just a baby. And so there was a, I remember, I think it was season, it was either season five or in the first half of season six in one of the therapy sessions, James Gandolfini's Tony Soprano starts going on about, Christopher's dad, Dickie, and how he's like, he was really that guy for me. He was the one that, you know, just as I am for Christopher, he's the one that showed me the ropes because my father wasn't always around. He was in jail and blah, 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 blah. So I had that in mind thinking, okay, the way this is advertised, we're going to see, you know, Tony Soprano, he's more of a teenager and you can have all these actors and there's quite a bit of famous actors in this movie playing younger versions of the characters we saw in The Sopranos. And maybe see the messed up darker side of, you know, Dickie and see what what his life was like and what he did to influence Tony Soprano. And, you know, maybe also because we had the whole thing in the show, the Sopranos of Tony telling Christopher, oh, your dad was killed by a cop. Um, if maybe the truth would be re- you know revealed in this movie. So I was excited to be like, you know, let's check it out, you know. And I'll tell you. I think a huge miss for this movie is just the story is a mess. It's just like, it's a huge mess. Um, They tried to cover too much of a time span and not enough of actually Tony Soprano and Dickie actually talking to each other and like doing anything. Like, I feel like you could watch this whole movie and go like, okay, that's actually the prequel to the prequel. (laughs) You know, it's like, where's the movie where we see Tony become a monster? You don't get it here. Well, and here's the thing. The poster itself says, who made Tony Soprano? So you're already saying, okay, cool. This is going to be everything we need to know that why, you know, a young kid would become, you know, this head of this criminal empire. And it doesn't happen. And the other thing that kind of bothered me throughout the movie is 
all of the 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 guys that we know are going to eventually become you know these huge leaders in this crew you know we have young silvio young Polly, you know you got young pussy all this kind of stuff they all act like tony is like this this kid and they don't you know they're kind of like they don't respect him they don't really look at him you know they think of him as as johnny's son and it's like 20 years from now it's going to be the complete opposite he's going to be the one that's going to be most feared and i was like this this movie didn't leave me going like oh i see how caesar's gonna you know happen i, I see how rome's going to be built i didn't get that at all and i think a problem with the film is although i totally love leslie odom jr and he was a great actor coming from broadway now doing plenty of films they do a lot to talk about the racial tension in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, especially the race riots of Newark, New Jersey, based on real stuff. Which historically, I can see why they put in this film. It has zero, zero play into anything Tony deals with that makes Tony Soprano later. In, you know, it's like, I, I think you said it best as I was, you watched this before me. I watched it today, uh, the day we're recording this. And... It just felt like the entire time I kept texting and being like, you know, where's the, where's like, where's like the plot? It just feels like it's kind of like a series of events. Um, and like you said, you said it best. It felt like this was very much trying to be like fan service of like, oh, you know, let's cast people that look similar to these roles. That or we're going to do a good you know. impression or we're going to mention one person like here and there. And like, there's random stuff like, oh, I guess that's Carmela Soprano. Like there's an off like line where like, Oh, that's, you know, so-and-so. And, and, and some of the things that some of the choices that we, you know, we talked about, like even the, the Vera Farmiga who who's unrecognizable as playing as Tony's uh, younger mother. And it was kind of weird. Like she was doing impression of Edie Falco. So we were kind of like, for those of you, yeah, who are Sopranos like, why, fans, she, why does she look like, she looks like Carmela from the original show. Like, the 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 nose that was given to Vera, um, I was like, yeah, I remember who the lady looks like that plays Tony's mom in the the show, you know, much older at that point. I was like, that that it looks like like Carmela, which I guess in a way maybe they're implying, you know, throughout the the whole show of The Sopranos, a lot of stuff he talks about in therapy is um, his attachment to his mother. And when you have these weird tendencies where you want to be with your mother, you want to marry your mother. And of course him always arguing and saying, no, no, no. But there's all this emotional background to that. This kind of made me think like, Oh, did they design her, her look that way for the prequel? Because it alludes to that. Tony one day does marry someone that looks just like his mother. If she was yeah. younger, um, that now, was just strange. Yeah. Now what, what I did like though, I would talk about the casting, great casting. And he, what's very, what's very unique about this film though, that we got to give praise to, although very briefly was of course the casting of young Tony Soprano by his actual son of the actor, James Gandolfini, his son, Michael Gandolfini as Tony. This is his first film ever. And he auditioned for this like everyone else. And he got the role. What I think was a bummer that Chris had brought this up uh, before we reviewed this was saying, the movie should have been um, young Tony throughout it, just played by Michael Gandolfini. It should have been the 70s through the 80s. That's what it really should have been if they were going to cover that. It should have been him mostly where he was actually getting directly affected. There's a younger actor who plays young Tony, and then there's kind of a jump there. Uh, so what it felt like this movie was doing was almost like two episodes of a prequel series because it was like there was a weird kind of plot. And another great actor who playing the role Alessandro Nivola, who plays Dickie Maltesante, 
he's fantastic in this. I mean, he kind of carries the movie on his shoulders of the scenes he's in. And, uh, of course, we got the fantastic Ray Liotta, who... <laughs> Uh, he's looking old. Um, and, he's old uh, folks. He's, he's up there. An, now. Yeah, he's old folks. Um, so he he has some really good moments in there. Um, and it was a bit of a bummer where some of these actors and, and some of these characters I thought they're going to have bigger parts, and they really didn't. And I think that was like what we were. I was really hoping for to see. Okay, we we've got Tony's dad. We got Tony's uncle Junior. Are these are they going to have? And there was not. And what happens is the movie just ends. Just like the series does, but not in a satisfying way. It kind of just ends up like, oh, I'm looking at the time. Like, I've got 10 minutes left of this movie and nothing has happened. And and such a, to me, it was such a dumb choice. This was where I really was like, oh, this is such fan service. The way the movie ends is that <laughs> the movie ends and they play the theme song from The Sopranos. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no, it you cannot put this movie on and then play the first episode of The Sopranos. Because guess what? At that point, Tony is, you know, mid to late 40s. It's like there's a huge jump there. So, yes, there has been these talks of, oh, maybe they could do a sequel. And we see even more of the descent of of Tony and how maybe he starts to really become a member of the crew. And then, you know, eventually his dad would die and Junior would take over. And, you know, there's more they could do. But after seeing how this went, I, I have no need for it. And I do agree with you. This would have been better served to have been a prequel series. Um, taking this movie, maybe even cutting out a lot of it and making that the first episode. And then, you know, you have to build up. Because I do feel, because Michael DeGandolfini is fairly young, they could have him for a while get, you know, up until, you know, marrying Carmela. And then, you know, because it's like, I'm like where the show starts for the Sopranos. There's a, there's there's a good chunk of time here. At least at least twenty years. At least twenty years. That's yeah. And I'm like, um, Tony Soprano does not finish this movie being a gang member, or a you know, mafia member. He's still just a kid, and that's it. Like you know, he 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 gets a little aggressive and beats up a guy at one point. Um, but there's like there's like nothing, and I I just and it's hard to. It's hard to think that after the show did so well and being away from so long and, you know, you saying to me, David Chase said, like, I would never want to do any more of this. You know, the show is perfect the way it's meant. It's like, how how did this become, you know, how was this pitched? And was it him? Was it someone coming to him being like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. A lot of people are doing these prequel movies. You know, we had Corella, we had Maleficent, Joker. Maybe we could do one on Tony Soprano. And it's just like, well, you didn't really do one on Tony Soprano. You did one on Christopher's dad. And that's really what the movie, you know, and also I'm like the many saints of Newark that that title has zero appeal to anything about this movie. Well, and going back to the, the riot, um, you know, the riots of that time, there was this, this kind of looked like a rivalry that was going to go down with Leslie Odom Jr.'s character. And, you know, um, Navola's character, Dickie, that they're going to go head to head and that didn't happen. So there was like, I, I guess, you know, David Chase is great for these unresolved plot points, but that's not what we need in the movie because you, we don't think there's going to be a sequel. So for two hours, you know, about an hour and 20 minutes of that movie, it's a lot of goofiness and it's not like coherent. It's kind of weird, the script. And, you know, I'm trying to really like, you know, going through the movie, I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that character. 
well, that's character, but they don't really lay it out where I think films like that deal with the, like the mafia or something, you know, Godfather, Goodfellas, they lay it out in great, like, and also they did the choice of having Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher Maltzanti, as kind of like a narrator of sorts, but it's kind of weird because it's not really loud enough, it's not really well done, it's not really clear, and it just kind of, it was, you know, it wasn't, it should have not been done. I think you don't need a narrator for this kind of thing, but I think also the fact that we have seen the show, we love the show, I think we're going to be more critical because we want answers, we want more. And especially leaving the series as it was left, to come back to the material, I think I a little bit more critical of this movie than I think a normal person. Now, if you're never seen the series and you want to check out this movie, as we're not really revealing any main things, go for it. I think you'd actually would then be encouraged to go into Sopranos be like, okay, cool. Oh, that's that guy, that guy. But for having watched the series and then seen the movie, you're like, huh? Yeah, there's things to like in this film. Like, I can't completely say it's a complete, you know, waste of time. Like, there's some good violent scenes and, like, it just, I think it was in a very coherent plot. And um, in terms of, you know, just them trying to promote it as who made Tony Soprano, who influenced Tony Soprano, I'm like, you could finish this movie and kind of be like, well, it wasn't him because. Well, the uh, question is still there. Who made it? Question, yeah. <laughs> who is? Uh, I'll tell you, who made Tony Soprano. David Chase did when he created the show originally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of like left like a eh. And it's just like one of those like glad I was able to watch this via streaming. Um, oh, exactly. And, Same and thing. Pay I'm glad for I didn't it spend money in theaters. Because although, yes, in the past, I've said there's some movies I feel like if I was to see it in the theaters, I probably would like it more than a streaming situation. I can tell this would not have been the case. I would have exactly. I would have actually been angrier to go see this in a movie theater because then I've paid for it. Um, but uh, you know, take it or love it. You know, take it. You know, I I didn't. I think Taylor didn't. And we always have the Sopranos to go back to if we want a taste uh, for this. So if you do want to try and watch it, you can now on HBO Max or in theaters by you. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Capiche. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.